Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 218. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Whatever you do or dream, you can begin it. Begin it now. Boldness is genius. Power and magic is in it. Begin it now. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Michael Allen Ross. Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I am buckled up, and I am uh, not only ready to roll, I am uh, camera ready to roll as well. So uh, (laughs) as soon as you start rolling, this thing will start shooting. How's that? I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Michael Allen Ross is an automotive photographer who's taken his passion and love for car design and carved out a career photographing cars and people that define the industry. His work is featured in a wide range of advertising and editorial in the U.S. and Europe. And Michael's love of car design includes an encyclopedic knowledge of engineering details and appreciation for the evolution of a component and sentimentality for the classics. He's a licensed photographer for Porsche, and he can be found at events around the world or with collectors and designers who touch the hobby. He collaborated with author Tom Cotter, who's been a guest here on Cars Yeah, and Ken Gross to shoot their book, Rocking Garages. He's got a new book coming out, in collaboration with Tom Cotter called Barn Find Road Trips. I can't wait for that one. Michael, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for having me on the show. It's great, uh, great fun, and, and it's always fun to share uh, stories and hear stories. I've gone to your site several times, and it's great to hear the stories and learn about some of the people. I've learned things on your site that I haven't known about some of my dear friends. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. A lot of people, and I, I had no idea they did that. So there you go. maybe that's what we should talk about. I mean, I've been a car guy my whole life. I, when I was four years old, I could tell you what the car was down the street. I have fond memories of telling my, my grandfather, who's been gone for a long, long time. Uh, I was talking to him about a, uh, a Nash Metropolitan on the street at one time and explaining the car to him. And my father was like, 
shaking his head. <laughs> you know, everybody knows me as this car photographer, but a lot of people don't know I've had a lot of other things that have gotten me there. I feel like I'm lucky, like I've had lives within my life. I've been a musician. I was a musician for a long time. A lot of people don't know that. I've been a guitar player for, uh, um, I think, since the guitar was invented. No, not quite that far. But uh, <laughs> I was a singer and, and a guitar player for a long time. I fed myself that way for a long time. And uh, I've done other things, everything from construction to uh, demolition to uh, working in restaurants. I've been an actor. I did TV commercials, soap operas. Uh, I ended up being a, a print model uh, in New York City, I lived in New York for a long time. Uh, I spent 41 years on the uh, New York metropolitan area. Some people look at me and they go, "You look really familiar." Well, you know, there was a time when I was the I was the face of Coca-Cola and American Express and AT and T. Wow! And I was a precision driver as well. I drove uh, for TV commercials. Uh, everybody from uh, Mercedes Benz to BMW. I did the uh, the driving for the BMW Z8 when that was introduced. Um, Very cool. Worked for Valvoline, all sorts of different things. So uh, I've been around cars a long time. Those cars keep creeping in and out of my life. Um, and um, somewhere along the line, I started to put all these different things together between the music and the, the cars and smiling for a living and, and everything else. I think uh, <laughs> I have a rather uh, checkered past, but I think it all kind of comes together somehow because I wake up every day with a smile on my face. So I guess it's not so bad. Well, it doesn't sound bad at all, and that is a fun thing about cars, yes. I do get to learn a lot of things. I have some guests on the show that I have met before. Some are friends, and in the case of you, that's the first time we've ever talked. And you're right. I look at what you do, and I go, oh, this guy's been shooting forever. That's all he's ever done. And I get to learn all these different facets about people, which is really exciting to me. We're going to learn a little bit more about your photography background and more about you, but I always like to start with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? Michael, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Well, I was very fortunate to have a dear friend present something to me at one time at a very uh, crossroads in my life, let's call it that. And it was a quote, or it's actually a part of an, it's an essay from a German author who lived between the 1700s and early 1800s. And that's Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. The essay kind of boils down to what, or what I took out of it, this abbreviated version. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Whatever you do or dream, you can begin it. Begin it now. Boldness is genius. Power and magic is in it. Begin it now. This, I mean, this is something that resonates through every part of my life. And I think Nike took it and boiled it down to just, just do it. But I've found that it transcends through everything in your life. Until you're completely committed to this thing, what are you doing? You're just goofing around. And the moment that you take everything else and put it away and focus on that one thing and commit to it, you will be astounded by the things that come to you, the opportunities that never would have been there. You'll get a phone call that never would have happened. You'll meet somebody. You'll bump into somebody. These amazing things will happen when you just commit to something. There's power in this, and um, it has changed the way I do things. It's changed my personal life. It's changed my business. And it's amazing how you put out a certain energy 
and that energy comes back. That's that, that's what it kind of boils down to. So for me, that's that was a real eye opener of a essay that I I read, and uh, I I keep a copy of it in my wallet. So I would think so. That is absolutely fantastic. Looking at all the things you've done, I can see how that works into your life, but I'd love to hear how that incorporated into you moving into photographing cars. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was doing other things. A friend of mine said one time, uh, you know, we all become slaves to our possessions, things around us um, that we have to take care of or we get distracted by. So I was at a point where I was doing several different things to pay the bills or make things happen and, you know, keep a roof over your head and do all these things. And it was very risky for me to walk away from those things and focus on what I needed to focus on. But once I was handed that piece of paper and I implemented that, that's when things started to happen. I had to take that risk or take that jump. Everyone says, you know, without, without risk, there's no reward. And that's what it really comes down to. I had to be able to, to do that to get where I am now and hopefully eventually where I want to be. But you have to take those initial steps. If you don't take those steps, you have to walk through the coals, in other words. You, know? mm-hmm. you have, to, have to do that. Uh, and that's painful. Who wants that? Nobody right. wants to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to say, oh, no, I can't go out to dinner this week because I really need to save that money and put it on a press release, you know, print something up to promote myself or buy a plane ticket to go to here or, or something like that. Right. But you have to make those sacrifices. You have to, you have to do that. And until you do that, It'll never happen. It'll always be, oh, yeah, it's kind of there. It's not, it's not oh, going to happen. Right. Oh, I you love know, that. <laughs> yeah, Springsteen. They said, Springsteen, you know, Bruce, what's the most important thing that got you where you're at? He said one word, focus. Hmm. <laughs> never forgot that either. Yeah, focus is wonderful. You know, I, I learned an acronym from a fellow podcaster, John Lee Dumas. Follow one course until successful. Focus. And what you just said is exactly right, is focusing on that, committing to it wholeheartedly, sacrificing the other things around you. That's fantastic. Love you sharing that with us. Thank you so much. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. I mentioned before the thing about my grandfather, and I've been a car guy my whole life, but imagine a kid with a pair of 501 Levi's on, pair of Converse, a white T-shirt, standing on the seat of his bicycle, hanging on to the top of the fence to get a view at his first 63 split window coupe that's rolling off of a car carrier in the back of Range Chevrolet in Sunnyvale, California. (laughs) That was me. This is the time when they used to put butcher paper up in the windows and you couldn't see the car and all that sort of thing. That's a moment for me. But another moment that really has always standed out to me is you know, my father taking me to my first Concours d'Elegance. It was, it was in Palo Alto, California, their very first one. So you can probably do the math on that. That had to be somewhere, uh, I think I was probably 10, set, I mean, he was seven. I'm not sure what the, what the age was. But to go there and to see these unbelievable automobiles that I had only seen in photographs in, in magazines or uh, in books, and I'd heard about them. But that's the place where I was able to see them up close and to really start to understand them. And the one thing that captured me then and still captures me to this day 
is what we call design elements. Those little things that the designer labors over, whether it's a functional thing or a sculptural thing that stands out. That's what I'm attracted to. And this is the first place I experienced it. When they pulled up the Kaiser Darren and the gentleman went to get out of the car and he opened the door, but it slid into the fender. I was blown away. I mean, that was magic. It was like, wait a minute, a door doesn't do that. It opens like this. All I knew were Chevys and Fords, you know, maybe a Pontiac or a Cadillac. But this, well, this is crazy. A gullwing pulls up. The door opens up, goes, uh, again, I'm blown away. It was like like a, a car show and a magic show all at the same time. And until that moment, you know, I thought, the Corvette was the first car with retractable headlights. Well, I didn't know it was a cord, but my father showed me that, you know, and yeah. I've never forgotten that. That's a, that was a moment for me that uh, I can't tell you how many concours and car shows I've been to since, but that was really special. I love the vision of the little boy standing on his bicycle looking over the fence. Uh, you painted a great picture for us there. <laughs> that was awesome. Michael, what I'd love to do now is get under the hood and talk about a challenge or a failure. You've been through so many different careers and things in your life. I'm sure there was a moment that you faced it was just a huge challenge. Or as I said, maybe even a great failure. But the most important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that and what did you learn from it? One of the toughest things for a photographer to do is to, well, there's a lot of tough things, (laughs) Um, but one of the things that you constantly work on is what I call your signature or that the look. Some people would call it the look. I call it a signature where you're developing. And the best way to do that is to keep taking a lot of really bad images. But then you start to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I was in a spot where it was just a little bumpy and I was, eh, what's, you know, there's so many photographers and how am I going to set myself aside and what am I going to do? And I went to a cocktail party and somebody turned to me and said, Mike, you're a car guy. Meet Rob. He's a car guy. And he says, oh, what do you do? And I went on about, you know, photographing this, that, and the other thing. And I'm licensed by Porsche AG and blah, blah, blah. I said, so what do you do, Rob? And he says, well, I got a 32 Ford with a land speed record of Bonneville. <laughs> my mouth dropped. <laughs> and He and I started talking, and he offered me an invitation to Bonneville. And stepping onto that salt for the first time is an experience you will never forget. And for me, it allowed me to find this beautiful open canvas to suddenly work with. And some of the most amazing people, the coolest cars. So I think what I would like to suggest is that sometimes it's good to find a mentor. And you never know where you're going to find that mentor. Sometimes you just have to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to show up in the right place at the right time and open your mouth. And that one gentleman who I met at a cocktail party has introduced me to some of the greatest people, has grown my business. Uh, He's helped mentor me in many ways. And I, I think that's... That's, that's the key, is to, to not be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. Find a good mentor. You know, so many golden nuggets you just shared with us. But yes, that's a key one, especially with entrepreneurs, is to find a mentor. You know, we're, we're a culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. When you can surround yourself with the right people who can help support you, who can push you, who can hold you accountable when you might slack off a little bit. It is so key. And Bonneville, it's interesting you bring it up. I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah involved with Bonneville. 
photographer Peter Vincent, who shoots out at Bonneville all the time, Holly Martin, who shoots out at Bonneville, Danny Thompson, who of course is going to take the Challenger 2 out there and set another speed record with that vehicle. I mean, there's just been multiple people that have gone to that magical place that is Bonneville. And I'm so happy to hear that you got to have that experience as well. Oh, it's it's one of my favorite places. I mean, I go out there. I've been going out there since 2007 uh, religiously. It is uh, once you go and that salt gets in your blood, you can't help it. Uh, uh, Peter Vincent, uh, a great photographer, a a great inspiration and a great guy. I mean, he and I have been, you know, uh, a lot of photographers are real lone wolves and they get really protective. Um, (laughs) And I'm very happy to say that, uh, you know, he's invited me into his his uh, his little uh, den over there, you know, and. um, uh, he's very, uh, he's just such, such a great guy. You know, another gentleman, uh, Peter Harhold. Yes. It's funny, a few years ago, I, I was at Bonneville, and I, I reached out to Peter uh, Vincent, and I reached out to Peter Harhold. I said, why don't the three of us meet at Bonneville and sit down and have lunch together? And, and Harhold was driving cross-country with his big rig, working on, on, a, on a book, and he said, that's great. So I'm like, this was wonderful. I love I love synergy. I love pulling people together. So I I pulled this lunch together, and lo and behold, Discovery shows up. I had to do something with Discovery. I walked over, said, "Guys, hope you guys have a nice lunch. I'm glad you came together, but I gotta go." So oh no! I missed the whole lunch. I missed the whole lunch. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Well, Peter Harholt's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Peters are great, and I love the way you tied that uh, lone wolf into Peter Vincent because, of course, his passion for helping the plight of the uh, the wolves in America and around the world is uh, very well known too. So <laughs> fantastic yeah. stories. I love that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had one of those career aha moments. It's a time when you realize that, you know what, I think this idea is going to work. This is good. And tell me the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Well, I think that that's happening right now. Cool. Kind of in it. I did the book Rockin' Garages, which offered me this great platform. It was combining photography, my previous musical career, cars. Suddenly, I'm photographing Billy Joel and Keith Urban and Pat Simmons from the Doobie Brothers and Mick Fleetwood and all these wonderful musicians. And we put this wonderful book together. And such a great thrill for me to go in there and do this. What was very interesting to me is that throughout all the images in the book, the things that stand out the most, the things that I get the biggest compliments on, and to be honest with you, some of my favorite images in that book are actually the portraits. Mm. They're not the cars. It's actually the portraits. And that's the feedback I've been getting from people. One of my favorite images in the book is a shot of, uh, of Jimmy Vaughn. Um, where he's leaning out the side of his car and looking one way. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned something to, to Ken Gross one time. I turned to him and I said, you know, there's, there's nothing like the people the cars bring together. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, can I use that? <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it, it is the people, you know, it is, it's, it's the people without that, without them, you know, it's, it's a hunk of metal. Right. You hit the nail on the head. I do a weekly blog and my blog Last summer, right after Pebble Beach weekend, that magical week of all those car events, was about people. Because I've been going to that event for 23, 24 years now. The cars, of course, are cool. 
but it's the people you run into, the people you meet to become instant friends. I met Michael Furman, fellow photographer, friend of yours that recommended that I contact you. Now we're buddies, and it's, it is all about the people and the people behind the cars, and you couldn't have said it better, and I think the book that you guys did together is a, a great example of that, and I love music as well. What you guys did there was absolutely fantastic. A great Thank experience, you. yeah. It was, it was a blast. I, oh, I, do it in I can't imagine. How about proudest career moments? I'm sure you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with us? One of those moments is uh, that really stands out more than the others is coming home and there's a brown package on the, on the front door and opening up that package and realize you finally have your book in your hand, <laughs> my first book, and that's Rockin' Garages. And what that means to me is not only all the work and all the effort that went into it, but all the stories that went into creating those images, all the stories that people don't hear. I have stories for a lifetime. From that book it's the wonderful people that i met working having the opportunity to work with these wonderful talented musicians that really had a respect for the creative process and allowed me to do what i do and got involved with it that was so cool the other little things you know losing your losing your luggage and, and um and having to show up in yesterday's clothes and get the shot done anyway and uh, slipping down a muddy hill at, at Keith Urban's and, and rolling with your camera and jumping back up and shooting again. Pulling into Mick Fleetwood's driveway and suddenly there's a deluge and you've flown all the way thousands and thousands of miles and, and you have this small window of opportunity. What's going to happen? Right. How am I going to make this happen? To put all these things together and, and to think about them. I mean, I mean I've sat down and, and, and had a cheeseburger with Arlo Guthrie. Um, <laughs> oh my I've, gosh! You know, I've 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 been riding shotgun with Jimmy Vaughn. It's crazy the things, the stories that I have. I, I call it the book behind the book itself. You right. Know? So for that, having that tangible experience of that book in your hand that represented all those things, I mean, that's uh, wow. Pretty cool. Oh, pretty cool. It's beyond pretty cool. Oh, I love it. That's great. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory that you had with that vehicle. Oh, well, you know, just like most of the musicians from that book, my first vehicles were very functional. I was a musician. So my first two vehicles were vans. And then I had a couple of station wagons after that. And then one thing led to another. And then one day I bought the car I wanted in high school and I couldn't get it. And I bought a 74 and a half Triumph TR6. Cool. French blue, black interior, had those 15-inch wheels on it with the red line tires. And then I learned all about the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> yes. And I, I have an expression. I mean, everybody's got to tell you about their British cars. Everybody has a story about them. But uh, until you've uh, experienced the Prince of Darkness, you don't know what it's like. But I... Um, I mean, I love the way that car drove. I, I love the way, you know, it had, a, had this long nose and, and your, your rear end was sitting right over that differential. And you, you just, you had a, an idea as to exactly what that car was going to do. You could feel it, you know. It was, it was first car I could get into and just really feel and I could predict what it was going to do. It wasn't always good. To be, <laughs> you know, but I was coming home one time late in the evening, a late summer evening, and beautiful day and breezing my hair and having a great time and suddenly the prince of darkness comes to visit and that's when all your gauges go black all the power disappears and all you can do is 
hopefully get to the side of the road. Hello, Mr. Lucas. Yes. Um, And so I I roll to the side of the road and uh, I'm smelling something. Doesn't smell right. Pop the hood. And I look down and there's little blue flames (laughs) on every wire in in the engine compartment. And out of nowhere, this gentleman that must have been the size of, reminded me of Lurch, reaches over me, grabs the positive terminal, pulls it off the battery. It's smattering. There's lead going everywhere. And he just pulls it off and everything stops. I looked at him. I was like, where did you come from? And he had apparently just pulled his car over to drop it off at a car dealership. And I happened to be there. And and it was just like uh, some angel walked over and saved that car. I mean, I'll never forget that moment. Of course, there were several more Prince of Darkness visits throughout my tour with that vehicle, but uh, it was a fun car. It's uh, got a lot of fun memories as well. Not only just just the bad ones, but a lot of fun <laughs> memories with that car. Keep a ball peen hammer in your in your glove box. That's what I. That's my tip on that one. Absolutely. Oh gosh, yes. Mine. I was a little little kid. My dad had an MGTC and. That's what finally got rid of that car. Is just he finally just one day said, "I'm done. I'm done." But uh, yeah, poor British cars. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had that you let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Yes, there is. It's a it's seventy nine nine eleven SC. I mean, it's a simple car. I had a simple black coupe. wasn't hot rotted at all. Bone stock. It wasn't an outlaw. It wasn't anything like that. It was just. A simple black coupe. And uh, that car, unlike the TR6, never left me on the side of the road. I mean, I had moments where it would limp home, something would happen. It, and things were happening when I wasn't in the car. It rolled down a ramp in a parking garage in New York and ripped the door off of it. I went to Italy and Istanbul. I came back from this trip. I went to the parking garage and there's just a gentleman outside of the garage sitting on a stool handing me a piece of paper with a phone number on it. There was a fire in the garage. Well, everything else burned up in that place. You know, that Porsche started up. I mean, it took about a month before we could get it out of there to get it up out of there safely. And that that thing, we brought it back to life. It was amazing. It, it just wouldn't quit. And I feel bad that I had to quit on the car kind of thing. Uh, but that car just never left me by the side of the road. It's just so many stories about that car and great, great memories. <laughs> Those SCs are bulletproof. They're just awesome cars. I have a good friend with one and love it. Great to drive, great car. So yeah, I always bring that, that uh, seller's remorse question up. I'm sorry for that, but okay. uh, fond memories. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? And I hope you'll talk a little bit about this book you're doing with Tom Cotter, Barn Find Road Trip. Yeah, in fact, that's what I was going to bring up. I mean, it's a um, great idea. Once again, Cotter pulls one out of his hat, you know. Mm -hmm. He comes up with this idea. I mean, reality shows, what are they? Are they really reality? We did a real reality book. It was Tom Cotter, Brian Barr, myself, climbed into his Woody, and uh, Ford gave us a a Ford Flex as a support vehicle. So I actually drove that behind Tom and Brian and I had um, all my equipment and everybody's luggage and that sort of thing. But we traveled for 14 days through Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. And we documented over 1,100 cars. I mean, people are not going to be, they're they're not going to believe what we found out there. And again, in this book, like the other book, the people, the great people that we met uh, on this journey, uh, there's great stories. There's great cars in this book. People are just going to love this. Uh, I have the opportunity to do some really cool detail shots of these old funky things. I mean, I had 
bites up and down my legs and uh, it took me two I, I got back I had it took me over two weeks to get rid of the cough I had I was op- I was opening doors of cars that hadn't been opened in 40 years and rolling around and stuff in garages that I don't even want to know what, what what I was in but would I do it again yes in a heartbeat if that phone rang I'd be packing my bag it was just just a blast you know yeah I had Zach Miller of Motorbooks on this show just about a couple weeks ago and he Gave me a little insight into this uh, this project you guys were working on. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And I loved in his story how you thought you, m- you might be lucky if you found 200 cars, and you found a lot more than that. Yeah, we, we found a lot more. I mean, so we've, we got that going on. I just uh, I just came back from, uh, from Sweden where I was photographing some really cool things over in Sweden. Uh, vintage. Uh, racing vintage Porsches on the ice with spiked tires. Um, uh, I was uh, having the opportunity to do some, uh, get in the car with Walter Roll over there. I was doing 172 kilometers an hour in a brand new uh, uh, 911 Turbo S. It's just crazy stuff I was shooting over there. So people are going to see that uh, over the next few months. There's going to be some cool things out there. And uh, there's a lot going on right now. So I'm, I'm really excited. I don't want to blow the covers off for everything here but <laughs> sounds like fun now here's a very introspective question i love to ask my guest if you were a car what kind of car would you be and why that's an interesting question because people are usually asking you you know what's your f- favorite car but uh that's an interesting question because my dad was always a chevy guy you know and i i hate to break his heart right now <laughs> but i had the opportunity in 2009 i climbed into a a chop 32 three-window Ford Coupe, and went cross-country with the Rolling Bones to Bonneville. And um, that experience kind of changed me, gave me a whole different appreciation for for what a hot rod really is. I mean, you're talking to a guy that's photographed all kinds of unbelievable cars that people dream about and that sort of thing. But this car, something about a car like this, but you have to realize what this car represents. This car represents your ability to take something and change it and make it your own. Put your own signature on it. Before I was talking about my own signature and my own photographs, right? Finding your own place. I mean, you can do that with a 32 Ford. Uh, had a great opportunity the other day. Uh, Steve Mall popped over to the house and we went out to lunch in his 32 Ford. Uh, of all the cars, he shows up in a 32 Ford hot rod. I climbed in that car. I, I told him, I said, I just feel so comfortable in these cars. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I've never owned a hot rod, but there's something soulful about those cars that um, <laughs> I just connect with it. That's I, yeah. I can't explain it. I just connect with it. Michael is a hot rod. Very cool. I love that. We're about to enter the last lap, but before we do, here's a word from our sponsor and Cars yeah guest, Dwight Knowlton. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com where you'll find The Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an inspirational award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kids' car book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves The Little Red Racing Car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Emilia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his book, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com. 
and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E gear.com. Okay, Michael, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Less brake, more throttle. (laughs) Yes, I like that one. I also like the one, the throttle goes both ways. (laughs) (laughs) Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Look farther down the road than you've ever looked before. Ah, And it works for life too, doesn't it? Personal, the way you drive, yeah, everything. Yeah, everything. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Uh, of course, I mean, I'm always on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all those things. But well, what I really like to recommend people to do is I, I'd like to ask you to go to a bookstore. I'd like mm. to ask you to go to a newsstand and pick up a magazine, pick up something and experience something tangible. Stop clicking the mouse, open something up and experience that. I love it. Perfect. Would you share one book with us? And we're going to t- we're going to list your books on your show notes page. So not one of your books, but another book you think the listeners should really enjoy. Every car guy has to read The Art of Racing in the Rain. I mean, ah, Garstein's book. I, you know, yeah. I, I know it's a personal favorite of a lot of people, and it may be a cliche at this time. I don't know, but if you haven't read it, you have to read it. My wife. Also- my, my wife always refers to me as the dog in the house, so I really associate with this book. <laughs> I love that. I wish they'd make a movie out of that book. I think yeah. it could make a really interesting movie, maybe one day. You can find links to all these great resources that Michael has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Michael Allen Ross. All right, Michael, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could have only one collector car in your garage... This is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other toys with, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? I would select something that, okay, I've got to be happy with it, right? Uh, Well, I would hope so. That's the whole idea. I'm trying to make you happy. (laughs) Well, if you want to really make me happy, I would say a Porsche 904 GTS. Oh, yes. Uh, Okay. The ultimate combination of beautiful, elegant, gorgeous exterior design combined with this raw animal all business race car on the inside and oh once you lift that hood up it's it's all business inside and it's beautiful outside beautiful car have you been able to uh drive one of those i have not but if anyone would like to i can be found very easily (laughs) yes please if you have a 904 give michael a call (laughs) let him take your car for a ride i know he's going to be careful with it and take care of it please uh yeah those cars are absolutely beautiful it is a neat combination of that street car race car simplicity bootsy porsche designed that car right correct yeah 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 i think did a marvelous job gorgeous (laughs) design very good you're the first person on cars yeah out of 218 guests that have it's chosen that car, so uh, very cool. There yeah, you a- another first. <laughs> Michael, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I knew you would, and I've so enjoyed your stories. I think we could talk for hours. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in that 904? Don't forget to have fun. <laughs> very simple. Yeah, even if you're broken down on the side of the road, have some fun. You know, um, just just don't forget to have fun. It's very easy to get caught up in things. It's very easy to to let that slip by. Life's too short. Have a good time. 
Absolutely. And we've had a great time today. What's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you? Oh, uh, of course, there's uh, MichaelAllenRoss.com. Don't forget, Allen is A-L-A-N, not A-L-L-E-N. So that's the tricky part. Um, you can find my blog on there. You can email me directly through there. You can uh, it's even got my direct contact information. It's all there. Go to my blog. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. I'm out there. If you want to find me, I'm easily found. Just Google me. You'll find me. There we go. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about today here on Michael's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Michael Allen Ross. Michael, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.